0: We're so excited (laughs) that you're with us on this adventure. Do you know, one of the greatest joys of my life is just getting to tell someone else about Jesus Christ. There's something thrilling. Just even, I've sat on park benches and told people who've never heard about Jesus Christ, about Jesus Christ. And that is the most amazing, terrifying, wonderful, extraordinary thing. And many of you are going to get to do that this week. So I'm super pumped. And I think you've come to the best seminar of the lot. Now, just to give you an overview, we've got these five seminar sessions together and then we've got three afternoons of outreach. It's really important that you come to all of them because we're going to be equipping you in the seminar for what you're going to be doing in the afternoons. Um, Today is very practical. Me and Simon are sharing with you our top tips on evangelism. Tomorrow, we've got a session on the miracle question. The miracle question was our most popular form of outreach last year. So we're going to repeat that this year and kick off with it. And we've got Steph Miles from the King's Arms Church in Bedford coming to share with us. who has got loads of experience of using this very effective model for evangelism. And then on Thursday, Paige is going to come and do a practical session on offering to pray for the sick. And that's what we're going to be doing then in that afternoon. So we're going to do Miracle Question Wednesday afternoon, Healing Thursday afternoon. Then on Friday, we're going to be having a session here that's going to be very much ministering to one another in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then on the Saturday, we've got Steve Wilson from the King's Arms coming to do a session on taking it home. And we're using the last afternoon as a bit of a wild card in terms of outreach where you guys might have a bit more freedom. Or it may be that your coach leader has got something quite kind of sneaky and different up their sleeve for you to do. All of the coach leaders are all people that are passionate and experienced in evangelism. And these guys are going to be stirring you and encouraging you and looking after you um, all week. Just to say, it, it we'll tell you everything that you need to know in these sessions. If you've never done outreach like this before, um, that's great. And if you're feeling a bit worried, that's totally normal. You don't need experience. We're going to train you and explain to you everything that you need to know. Now we've got Pete Williams. We've asked him to do a special afternoon seminar um, that's optional for those of the, you that want to do it. Um, where is Pete? Pete. So Pete's just going to explain about the afternoon seminar that's happening today.
1: Cool. Thank you. So as Rob said, Rob said we're going to look at we're going to get a load of tools, give you a load of tools. Uh, to help share the gospel in these sessions Um, but God has probably already given you uh, the most effective tool that you're ever going to have for sharing the gospel and that is your story of what God has done in your life already and we're going to do an afternoon seminar this afternoon just to help you think about how you can talk in a powerful, effective and clear way about what God's done in your life so that you can make the most of the tool he's already given you and share your faith with uh, people around you people on the streets, whoever that might be and the best thing about this, this uh, tool that we're going to give you is that it gives you a little business card at the end. So uh, if you come and you're willing to record your, your story and then upload it onto the My Story website, which we'll tell you all about this afternoon, then we can give you a little business card, which you can take out with you on Outreach. And you can give people these business cards. They'll be able to click on the URL and they'll be able to go see you telling your story in about two minutes of how you came to know Jesus or some amazing stuff that God's done in your life. So it's a fantastic resource. If you want to come and find out more, then come to the engage tent at three thirty this afternoon and we 'll tell you loads more about it. Cool.
0: So what we wanted to do today was just give you some really practical top tips on the whole subject of outreach. Um, me and Simon were catching up last night, and between us we 've got how many years is it of experience in evangelism? did we work out oh, forty eight <laughs> that 's it So we just wanted to give you our, our top eleven tips this morning just to, to start the week. Um, with something really practical. We're not going to be very theological, but we're just going to be really practical with you about the things that we've learned over the years and decades of doing outreach. And the first one may not surprise you, um, which is enjoy Jesus and the gospel for yourself. Um, that You can't escape this. When it comes to outreach, really, my story began with just worshipping Jesus in my bedroom, just putting on a worship CD, shutting my eyes, And lifting up my hands in the air and just enjoying his love for me and praising him for his grace. And out of that enjoyment of who he was and what the gospel means, um, he changed my life. And And in those moments, it was where he spoke to me about the people that I knew that didn't know him. And I thought, they don't know the joy that I'm experiencing right now in this bedroom. They don't know the wonder of the gospel. I've got to tell them. So it all starts with enjoying Jesus for yourself. And at New Day, you know, you're in an environment where you're being amazed by the gospel. You're in an environment where you're being amazed by Jesus again. But when you go home, there are things that you can do to help you stay amazed at Jesus and the gospel. Worshipping, spending time with Jesus, just doing those things. And it's different for everyone, but doing those things that help you stay amazed with with who God is. And um, in Luke 10, Jesus sends his disciples basically on outreach boot camp. He sends a group of 72 disciples on a mission, and they're sent to tell people the gospel, heal the sick, and set people free. And it says that they returned with joy and said, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus responds to them, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is a very important lesson. Don't get your joy from the breakthrough that you see, ultimately. Get your joy from your salvation, from Jesus, from having him as your friend. That is the prize. That's the thing that's worth celebrating. Um, Don't get your joy from your power. Don't get your joy from your gifting. Get your joy from the gospel, from the grace of God. Get your joy that your names are written in heaven. That's worth celebrating.
2: Yes, it is. As I can see, you all agree with him. Smile. Go on. This is fun. And that's partly kind of our next point, really, is that in terms of sharing your faith, there is no real pressure about it. And sometimes we can go, yeah, but there is, isn't it? Because we all know we have to do evangelism. Well, actually, I want to encourage you by saying, actually, there isn't anything particularly outrageous or outlandish or difficult about sharing your faith. It's actually something that you can do quite normal e quite normally. It's normal people having a normal conversation. It's just that the subject is about Jesus rather than about football, music, or your favorite film. And it just happens that this week, much of the conversation that we're going to be having is with a stranger. And that can be a little bit difficult, and Rob's going to talk a little bit more about that in some of his points as well. But actually, there are also dozens, if not hundreds of people on this site who you can just have normal conversation with. It's just that the topic of that conversation is Jesus rather than anything else in particular. Evangelism, in part, is simply sharing God's stories with other people. It's normal life. And so, personally, I don't tend to use the word evangelism that much. Partly because it becomes, otherwise, this thing that we do or we don't do. So we have our evangelism seminar that we go to, or we do our kind of evangelism event at our youth group called Youth Alpha or whatever it is. But actually, if we refer to it simply as being, if we just call what we're doing simply talking about something good with someone else... It all becomes a bit more normal. And we're all quite happy talking about something good with someone else, aren't we? Yes was the right answer at that point. We're all actually quite happy talking about something good to someone else, aren't we? Yeah, we are, because we do it all the time. Something good's happened. I've been to somewhere good. I've seen something good. We have normal conversations. It's just that that something good on this occasion is Jesus. And we talk about it in a very normal way. We don't have to use weird words. We don't have to kind of adopt a strange body position. We don't have to do anything you kind of like, we don't suddenly start saying and thou and thee and thy. What we, unless you've got a list, no. Uh, you know, we don't talk about it in that way. We just simply talk about it in normal ways. This is what it says. When Jesus started a conversation, John chapter 4, verse 7, Jesus meets a woman at the well. What does he say to her? He says, can I have a drink, please? It's quite normal because they're at a well where she's drawing water. He says, can I simply have a drink, please? That's not very deep, Jesus. You haven't really gone in with the kind of, you know, but what about dinosaurs and Noah's Ark? Yeah. No, you've just gone in straight to conversation with, can I have a drink, please? It's perfectly normal. And one really helpful way of beginning a conversation, and one normal way of doing things is that on this occasion, when you go out on the streets uh, tomorrow, you will have a bright red T-shirt on, and they are currently in the back. You'll find out more about those later on. On your t shirt, it says New Day Outreach Bootcamp. And as you get off of your coaches and into the various towns that you are, you have a bright red t shirt on that says New Day Outreach Bootcamp. People will say, What is New Day Outreach Bootcamp? Here is an opportunity for you to then begin a conversation. And what's even more exciting, particularly if you're going into some of the bigger towns and if you're coming into Kings Lynn with me, what we did is we all got off a coach. There'll be about 30 to 40 of us, and we're all walking right the way through this town centre with our bright red t-shirts on, say, New Day Outreach Bootcamp. And you can see everyone going like this. What are they doing? It's a conversation. It's a normal conversation. You say, well, why are we here? Well, let me tell you about it. And you can begin to have a normal conversation. Sharing your faith is actually
0: very normal. Number three, graciously listen. Now, when I first started telling people about Jesus, sometimes I, you know, it was, it was, in, it was kind of in college, I used to spend quite a lot of my time arguing with people. You know, really getting sometimes a bit bit uptight, trying to show them it's really true and I've learned over the years that actually um that the boldness is in the stepping out when you actually get into the conversation really effective evangelism is about 80 to 90 percent listening 10 to 20 percent saying something um and when someone says something that's critical dignify even that critical comment so if someone says to you I hate religion I hate Jesus I don't like the church that's That's really interesting. I think a lot of people feel like that. Don't feel the need to defend the Lion of Judah. He can defend himself. Um, All we need to do um, is mainly listen. And what I find is that being fascinated with the other person is the key. Do you know, everybody that you're going to meet today is hugely interesting. Be fascinated in them. Be fascinated in what they believe. Be fascinated in what they've got to say. And occasionally, maybe drop hooks in the conversation um, to see if those things bite. Um, and let them ask you the questions. So sometimes when people ask me questions, they say you know, they ask me what I do. And I say, oh, I, I lead a church. Um, I didn't used to think that I, I never thought I would ever do something like this. But something changed. And then normally they go what changed? Let me tell you. (laughs) Do you see that's the difference between feeling the pressure to say a really long thing, sometimes, um, you know, drop a hook. You know, I never thought I'd do this. Why? Um, Most people aren't ready to listen much until they've been heard. Um, So if you get into a conversation, ask people about what they believe, be genuinely fascinated by what they say, don't try and tear down their beliefs and be confrontational, draw them out, show them respect. Um, The two passages in the Bible that specifically address talking with unbelievers say these things, do this with gentleness and respect and let your conversation always be full of grace. Grace. So that means that the how we listen and how we talk to people is very, very important. The focus is not on winning an argument or making a point, but on being gracious and respectful. That's the priority, actually. And so questions that I love asking people are things like, do you have a faith at all? What do you think is the most important thing in life? What do you believe happens after we die? what do you think of the church? That's a great one because you can show them that you respect them by not arguing with them when they say something negative. And things that I tend to say back, that's really interesting. I think a lot of people feel like that. Why do you feel like that? And simply listening can often cause people to reflect that starts a journey towards Jesus. We've got a guy in our church who, who is very anti-Christianity. And so someone, in our church, someone asked him and just said, well, why don't, we, why don't you write down why you believe what you believe, and I'll write down why I believe what I believe, and we'll swap notes. And you know what? He became a Christian simply through doing that exercise. Because when he started to think about why he really, what he really believed, he realized, actually, I don't have any basis for what I believe. Everything I thought, I've never really thought about it before. So don't underestimate the power of just getting somebody to think. Most people just aren't thinking. They're not even thinking about why they really believe what they believe. So just listening to them can really powerfully start that journey towards Jesus.
2: We'll do questions at the end if that's all right. Okay. I think point four is one that's kind of quite helpful for us. And that is this, to not be surprised when people may not want to talk about God with you. I think sometimes you can come to a boot camp or you can come to these kind of seminars and moments and and you get lots of good stories like that where you just write down on a piece of paper and someone becomes a Christian. Well, actually, there are moments where that doesn't happen, and we've got plenty of stories like that as well, and that's what we're going to be sharing as, as part of as, as we go on. But I really want to encourage you uh, to, to, to be encouraged, to not be dismayed when people don't want to talk to you. Because if you're like me, if you go shopping into town or city, we live in Plymouth, and if you go into Plymouth, uh, just by the, kind of the big sundial fountain, there are always those people. The ones with Greenpeace on their beautiful tabards or the kind of pet shelters with their blue tabards. And they come up with their clipboards and they just say, could I just take a minute of your time? And before they get to ask that question, you have that really important phone call. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No. Uh, yeah, we can't do that. Yeah, we've got to go. Yeah. And you've walked past them before they even know. <laughs> I'm so clever. Except for the moment when my phone started ringing. Now... The reality is we don't really want to be talking. We don't really want to be talking to those people. And do you know what? Not everyone that we're going to be talking to over the next couple of days wants to talk to us. That does not mean that they don't like you. That does not mean that you smell. That does not mean that you are not a gifted evangelist. That does not mean that they're rejecting God. It might just mean that they're busy that day. It might just mean that they have got to get to an appointment that they need to get to. And so when you say, can I just ask you a question? They say, no, they're not really being rude. They're just in a hurry. And I just want to encourage you, do not sort of get so kind of like dismayed if people come up to you as we ask the miracle question tomorrow. The first question we ask is this, can I ask you a question? People will say no. Do you know what? It's all right. Honestly, it's all right. You just ask another person the question and another person. And you might spend the whole day with people going no. And do you know what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Because your part to play is simply to step out and ask those questions, to try and begin conversations. It's down to God to do the rest. Simply your task is just to ask the question and begin. So if people reject you, or if people don't want to talk to you, it's not actually about you. It's down to God how people reply to that. John chapter 1, verse 11. Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Jesus came to his people, but not all people responded to Jesus. Some did, some didn't that's what we're going to experience. Some will respond. We'll have some great conversations. And for those of you who were on boot camp uh, last year, as we get to your kind of different destinations, it'd be great for you to share stories about what God did with you and about the good stories. But maybe you want to share some of the bad ones as well. Actually, we asked this guy and and we thought, you know, we'd got all the treasure hunting clues and we knew he was the right person. We asked him the question and he said, no. Oh, well plenty lots of other people that will have opportunity to talk to you so don't be despondent if people reject you if you're having a great conversation and people still don't want to know that's okay as well because you're simply signposting people to jesus it's down to god as to what happens at that point but you are the ones who signpost people to jesus and that's all you need to do So okay happy
0: smile then Keep the focus on Jesus. When you get into a conversation with someone, um, don't feel the need to give long explanations about big issues. You know, there are always issues that people have. Don't feel that you've actually got to, you've got to say a lot. Usually you just need to just plant one idea. So you might meet somebody who says, I hate all the religious hypocrisy in the world. I can't believe in, Christ, in, in Christianity because of the church. That's quite a common one what could you say to that? What I tend to say is, well, do you know what? Jesus actually spent a lot of his time criticizing the religious hypocrites. He got more annoyed with them than almost anyone else. I think oh, I can follow someone like that. That's it. Just, you just drop that one idea um, and, and bring it always back to Jesus. So if you, they, people bring up religious hypocrisy, connect that to Jesus. If someone brings up the issue of suffering, do you know I can believe in Christianity because Jesus suffered for us because He came down and He suffered with us. People say I can't believe in Christianity because there's no no evidence. We well, connect it straight to Jesus. Well, I think there's a lot of evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. You don't need to remember all the evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. You just need to plant the idea in these kind of conversations that there is evidence. There's actually lots of evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. So I find that there are lots of topics out there that are a little bit dead end. Creation, evolution, questions about same-sex marriage. I tend to avoid those kind of subjects when I'm having an initial conversation with someone and keep bringing it back to Jesus, because that's the key thing. If Jesus isn't who he says he is, who cares? It doesn't matter. What those questions don't matter. But if, if Jesus is who he says he is, then we've got to take what he says seriously. That's the key. So keep bringing, the sub, keep bringing it back to the question, who is Jesus? Brilliant. Okay.
2: Number six, we're flying through. Be you and not try and be someone else. Be you and not try and be someone else. You'll have noticed that for those of us who stood up as coach leaders, we're all a little bit different. That's okay. Okay. It's good to have a bit of difference. It's good to be you. You were made to be you and to do all that God has called you to be. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. God says specifically to Jeremiah, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God knew your character because he made you to be like you are. So when we kind of look around and if you go to the bookstore, you'll see great stories of some of the great evangelistic heroes of the past, of Billy Graham, or these present, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, just lumbers of people that you can find. And you go, oh, if only I could be like them. Well, actually, you don't want to be like them because they're them and you're you. And what God's called you to be is You. And you say, yeah, but the trouble is, I'm not like that person. I'm not like you. I'm not like that person who can do that thing. I mean, Rob is absolutely brilliant at just being able to get alongside people and have conversations. I'm not as good at that as him. It's all right. There's stuff I'm better at than him flower arranging for a start really good at that you know we're all different we've all got actually he's quite good at that we've all got skills and gifts and talents that God has given us to use for us you see you can say oh but yeah but Simon I'm an I'm an introvert I'm not sure I can really get into conversations good news introverts need Jesus and you're the best people to reach them I'm an extrovert I'm not like really loud and leery and gobby (laughs) imagine uh you know I'm not like that well that's okay You don't have to be, but if you are, great, because extroverts need Jesus as well. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, the trouble is, I don't even have English as my first language. How am I going to be going onto the streets of Kings Lynn or Norfolk? How am I going to have a a talk with someone? One very quick story. Some guys from Italy were with us last year uh, and uh, were finding it quite tough because they weren't able to have many simple conversations they couldn't find it that easy to say hello because they didn't have my mastery of international language. They weren't able to have a conversation. This guy, one of our guys, was getting quite low and he sat down next to this lady. And he looked at her and he, and he began, God bless him, a, a conversation in English. Hello, how are you? And she said to him, in Italian, I'm sorry, I don't understand you. In Kings Lynn, most of you haven't got a clue where that is. It's near. But what happened is, so we had this Italian guy who's just like desperate for this conversation. He's trying to speak in English. The person he's speaking to doesn't understand English because she's Italian. They then have this great conversation all about Jesus in Italian. And ultimately, she then ends up with an invitation to the church's international cafe because they just happen to have an international work into the nations. Which is cool. So simply you... Being you, sharing faith is all you need to be.
0: The other thing is just to say, um, share your stories and share other people's stories. If you haven't got any good stories of your own, Um, we often think I've got to rehearse how to tell people my story of becoming a Christian But actually, your story of how you became a Christian isn't actually always the most helpful thing to share with someone because they didn't go to the event that you did. They didn't have the experience that you had. And so when you share your story, they sometimes come away with the feeling, well, that's good for you, but that's never going to happen to me. But if you share with people your stories of how your faith has helped you, of how Jesus has got you through something, your worries and, and a relationship problem, the ordinary challenges of life, it's quite likely that the person will hear that and go, wow, Jesus helped you with that. Maybe he could help me. So better to share something that's, uh, that's very practical for you um, uh, uh, rather than thinking you've got to share the perfect version of, of your testimony. You go quick. (laughs) Point eight.
2: It's always scary. It's always scary. The moment we get onto the streets, even your brave, bold coach leaders who have years of experience will still feel nervous about it. Because it is still nervy. When we go out and we're talking to people who don't know Jesus, it is a little bit nervous. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk a little bit about this uh, tomorrow. There's always that hesitation. But what if they say this? What if they don't like me? What if it doesn't work? What if I do the wrong thing? Well, the fact is we are engaging in spiritual warfare. We are just doing that. Because we're telling people about Jesus, and the devil doesn't like it. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 to 20. I'm sending you, Jesus says, out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes, but as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils, not this week, and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Five seconds of courage. Paige talked about it last night when they saw that guy on crutches. It's very easy to go, well, no, Jesus wasn't asking me to pray for a guy on crutches. I was going to start off with a much easier healing story. Paige says, you need to go and pray for them. They go and pray for him. He gets healed. But they still had to go, hi, can I pray for you, please? Every one of us over these next few days is going to need five seconds of courage to simply go, help me, Jesus, and in. None of you will find that easy. Your coach leaders won't find it easy. But if we take those five seconds of courage, it's amazing the journey that God can take us on.
0: Number nine, success is obedience. Our part really is just to have a go love the people in front of us, and try to tell them about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who actually makes people Christians. If no one gets, is interested, if no one gets healed, that isn't a failure. Success is that you've had a go, that you've been obedient. And that means that we should celebrate every single step of obedience that we take regardless of the outcome and the breakthrough. So one day, a few weeks ago, I went out with a couple of people from my church and we went out to do some outreach and I felt God say to me, I want you to sit on a bench and pray and be available. And I was like, Lord, yeah, I'll do that. So I sat on a bench and prayed and I was available and I was like, Lord, who's he going to send? What's going to happen? Is someone going to get healed? I just sat on a bench and prayed. and I was like, oh Lord, you really just wanted me... To sit on a bench and pray. Now, was that success? Yeah. I just did what Jesus told me to do. Some, some of your afternoons are going to be like that. You're just going to do what God's told you to do. And sometimes you don't know, actually, even the fruit of, of that is hidden from you. God is always doing more than we think he is. And yeah, my final 1.10 is
2: to learn from others who've done it before. We need to be open to receive helpfulness from those who've been there and done it, who've made mistakes and can help us avoid doing that, who've had great successes and can help us share in those things as well. It's one of the great privileges of being part of this boot camp this year and last year is learning from one another. When we get together as a team to think it through, there's always fresh stories coming from all sides. And it's really encouraging learning new things. As we do the miracle question uh, tomorrow, it's a technique that I learned last year being involved in the boot camp and it's been really helpful to be able to kind of learn something new and try something different. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. We're trusting and believing that most, if not all of you, are in this room because either there is something that burns within you of the heart of the evangelist. You just can't wait to tell people about Jesus, or maybe someone else has spotted that in you. And today we believe that that gift is going to be fanned into flame as you learn skills and techniques from other people. That gift plus that kind of learning is going to result in a skill that you can use as you take it home beyond this point. Please be open to receiving and to hearing. Please be open to learning. Please be open to listening because you can get so much in these next few days that will last you
0: a lifetime. Finally, don't write people off. It's not our place to assume that people aren't interested until they have made that clear. If someone says to us, I don't want to talk to you, that's fine. But don't write people off and don't assume that, just, don't just read someone's reaction too superficially. So, um, I, I once did, when I first started leading a church, I did door knocking. I just went around a lot of the doors in our community and I knocked on people's doors and I just said, hey, I'm from the church, just letting you know that we're here and trying to see if there's anything that we can do for you. And I knocked on the door of one lady she opened the door and I said that and she burst into tears and we got into a long conversation um, basically she'd lost her husband two weeks ago um, I told her about Jesus I prayed with her and I even left her with a, um, a little booklet about Jesus and after that encounter I started to think to myself Rob that was too much too soon you know like, what were you thinking you know that lady was really vulnerable, and you've you've just gone in there on one conversation and said all of that, you know. And I started to feel a bit like a bit embarrassed in retrospect, and um, I wrote her off. I just thought she wasn't interested. I was just seizing the moment, and um, I was feeling really bad about it. Two years later, we had an alpha supper, and she turned up, and I went, "Angela, you're here. Why are you here?" well, I'm here because of you. Two years ago, you came into my home and you told me about Jesus and you prayed with me and I've never forgotten it. And I've been thinking about it ever since. I thought, whoa, I'd I'd written her off. I had a friend at university who I spoke to about Christianity and um, he just seemed really uncomfortable during the conversation. He never asked any questions and we talked about a few things and I just thought, I mean, this guy is really not interested in Jesus. Um, You know, I'm not going to invite him to stuff because he's given me all the signals. A year later, he became a Christian through someone else. (laughs) After he became a Christian, he said to me, Rob, I was really offended that you never invited me to any of your church stuff. All of your stuff about Jesus. I really wanted to go and you invited everyone else apart from me. Oh, so just be careful. You know, like sometimes the devil loves to kind of condemn you when you've you've stepped out and you think afterwards, oh, was that too much too soon? Did I blow it? And then sometimes you realise later, actually, God did amazing stuff through that. So don't write people off. That is all our practical tips um, for today. Tomorrow we're going to be training you in the miracle question, which was by far the most popular outreach model that we did last year so we were going to repeat that Um, it's a brilliant model to start with because it kind of gives you a structure so you know what you're doing and um, now I'm going to hand over to Peter it's really important that you stay for this next 20 minutes because we've got a lot of very important practical announcements to make about where you're going and your t-shirts and all that kind of stuff